It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The 2023 draft was a week ago. So let's get into a mailbag and discuss Jonah Williams' future off the heels of reports that maybe that relationship has improved with the team and how the team has changed, better and worse, in 2023. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, and you can subscribe to this show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to join the First Listen Club, making us your first listen every day and become an everydayer as we will continue to have you covered here throughout the off season. And today we're going to go into a bit of a mailbag here a week after the draft and things are settling in. We're getting closer to rookie minicamp next weekend. The undrafted free agents are going to be announced pretty soon. So we'll talk about some of those things more next week. There was a very interesting note from Albert Breer on Sports Illustrated about Jonah Williams and his plans for this offseason. As Zach Taylor said after the draft that he's transitioning to right tackle. We know he had surgery as well that he's still recovering from. And so we're going to start there, James. And we got a question right along those lines from Jay Shep, Sheppy452 on Twitter. And he wants to know what the prediction is on the right tackle situation. He specifically calls out Jackson Carmen getting his yearly opportunity to compete for a starting role. And he'll be, of course, competing with Jonah Williams. And I suppose Cody Ford will be in that mix. And we'll see about Lyle well, Collins' health. Yeah, I, I think we can call it a competition. We can. It, it can go that route. And Brian Callahan and, and Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin, whoever I, down at, at Paycor, they could say that. But Jonah Williams is far and away the favorite for this right tackle job. He was the day he requested a trade. He was when they signed Orlando Brown Jr. He was last week before the draft. And now that they didn't draft an offensive tackle, he is now. And that doesn't mean that Jackson Carmen can't come in and compete. Of course he can. I just think the odds are stacked against them because a lot of revisionist history, wrong history, whatever you want to say about Jonah Williams is out there right now, especially on social media. He's been a good player when healthy. Wasn't healthy last year, played through it. I think the team respects that that happened. He was pretty good in 2021. No one was talking about him being a liability after the 2021 season. No one, even after they revamped their offensive line, all of those things. So I think the Bengals look at this and say, we picked up your fifth year option for a reason. And so let's see what you can do at right tackle. But they do have other options. And that's what's intriguing because it does look like Jackson Carmen has matured and is taking care of his body better. And I think best case scenario, of course, you know, you could see him, I guess, emerge as the starting right tackle. I just think it's a long shot. 
Maybe he's your swing tackle. I would love to see that, especially after the first two years of his career and, and what it's been. Maybe he bounces back and uh, is able to be a reliable backup. The tough one for me is Lyle Collins because I don't think you can have Lyle Collins and Jonah Williams on the roster. And so assuming Jonah Williams looks the part when he shows up for mandatory minicamp on June 13th, and by the way, Bria reporting that that's the plan for Jonah is, is for him to show up in person. So it's not like he's holding out or, or going to go much farther, I think, with this, this trade request. Then, you know, what, what happens with Lyle? Because I know he said he could throw a brace on his knee and play tomorrow. I, I love it. I do. And I think he's competitive, and I think he wants to be out there. I also don't foresee the Bengals spending $20 million in cap space on two guys at the right tackle position when you can only play one of them. Yeah, that is a tricky situation. And I think they're going to wait as long as they can. Sure. Right. To, sure. to see how he heals, to see how he looks, if he, if he can get back on the field and all of those things. But, I mean, from the start, after they signed Orlando Brown, it looked like the writing was on the wall somewhere. And, and we initially assumed LC, and then the trade request happened. Then it was, okay, maybe they work something out and trade Jonah and add somebody else. But with LC's injury, it just makes it so hard to feel like you have anything firm if Jonah's not on the roster. It's like Jonah Williams has never played right tackle, by the way. Yeah, His first year at Alabama, he did play right tackle. So it's not like... He's learning the position for the first time. He did it for a full season and had over a thousand snaps playing right tackle uh, in what year was it? I guess it was 2017, 2016. So it's a while ago now, but he did it for a whole year, including a national championship game against Clemson. So it's not like he's never played the position, never played it at a high level. He was pretty good as a true freshman back at Alabama in 2016 at right tackle before he made the move to the left side. There's reason to think that he could do it and could do it well. It's, it's not entirely foreign to him. The way, you know, Jawan Taylor has been playing right tackle and the Chiefs just had to sign Donovan Smith to keep <laughs> Jawan Taylor at right tackle. Uh, which, I mean, that's a bit of a surprise. A bit of a tangent, but... Wow. You think their that, offensive that line is you think their offensive line is worse? Who's a right tackle? I mean, they're better at right tackle, probably worse at left tackle. Yeah. So they're worse, right? I would say they're probably worse. It's probably sim I mean, it depends on Donovan Smith, right? Because he was not good last year. But they, it could be similar. Their interior is still absolutely incredible. I think their right tackle is still a really good pass blocker. And the left tackle, I mean, if Donovan Smith is who he was last year, that's probably a problem but holding <laughs> he got called for a lot of penalties if i yeah. recall it's um, it's, it, it's may he's getting called in may james yeah, that's right that's Gosh. right yeah i I, uh, I i think that the the right tackle discussion is interesting as it was to to think about dewan jones or anton harrison and the possibility of him which is that i think was very real for you know a few minutes at least the Bengals have the best offensive line on paper that they've had, certainly of this era, but let's go back in almost a decade, since 2015. That's where they're at. And is is right tackle a bit of a toss-up? Maybe a little bit. 
But again, I think this team believes in Jonah Williams. That's why they picked up the fifth-year option. They're locked in. And so you could be looking at the tackle spots. Maybe Jackson Carmen is just your backup left tackle. And you could be the swing tackle, but you go that route. And Cody Ford is taking the reps at right tackle. And those are your backups. Or maybe it is Lyle Collins. Who knows? With Cody Ford behind him. And they do trade Jonah. If Lyle makes it back and plays well and there's an injury and they get offered the right thing. Point is, is I think they have pretty good depth there too, where we saw if you need to lean on Jackson Carmen, the world isn't going to end because it felt like it was ending the moment Jonah went down. And that's the other part of this that I think people forget. When that happened against Baltimore, a lot of people were like, are you serious? Jackson Carmen at left tackle? And so now I think people feel a little bit better about it. The other side, they had to play Hakeem Adenogy and Jackson Carmen. So you talk about depth. You would prefer to avoid a situation where if you're pressed into this situation again, and it's always hard when you're down three starting offensive linemen. Like, no team survives that very well. But but that's where it gets interesting as far as the depth conversation. Does like Adenogy make the team? I mean, probably to back up multiple positions, I think. Yeah. Because he will back up interior, exterior. He's probably backing up four positions, right? And Ford can do that too. So that that's the other part of this. I know they played him to play tackle, but he's he has more experience at guard than at energy. So, I guess that's true. Maybe there's a competition there a little bit. I mean, some of that depends a little <laughs> bit on what they happen, well, on what happens with LC. Like sure. if he actually does get healthy and and show that he's ready to go then it gets a lot more competitive because only one, one of those guys is starting. I mean, unless there's a conversation about putting somebody at left guard, which would be surprising, but if you want to get your best five on the field, I don't know. It's, a, it's an idea that exists in the world. That would be very shocking for me to, the way yeah. Lyle moved last year, for them to say, we want you to, you know, I, and maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it goes that Co- Co- Cody Ford, the guard is not better than Cordell Volson. So no, that no, part, I was thinking of LC. Yeah. Yeah. And Lyle would be the interesting one where you look at it and you say, and maybe they view it that way where he could back up both guard spots and right tackle with Jonah starting. And it's like, eh, it doesn't cost as much. We can, we can make this work. I would be surprised, but never say never up next are the Bengals better Where are they better? Where are they worse going into the 2023 season? We'll answer that question and more coming up. But today's show is brought to you by the number one protein bar on the planet. The protein bar that DJ Turner is going to eat all offseason long so he can take that 426 speed and bulk up a little bit. And whether you're trying to add muscle, whether you're trying to just get in better shape, Built Bars are the perfect protein bar for you. They're packed with a ton of protein, low sugar, low calories, and they taste great. They're covered in 100% dark chocolate. So you got to get in the action. Get on the Built Bar plan today. We've talked about them for years here on Locked on Bengals. All you have to do is go to Built.com and check out all of their different flavors or go to your nearest Sam's Club or Walmart location. Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are the Bengals a better or worse team? Well, that is quite a conversation. And a few people asked similar sorts of questions in the mailbag. Tasha B at Tasha B 808. Lots of new faces. Key losses too, though. On paper, are the Bengals going into 2023 better or worse than they were in 2022? And Aiden at Higgins X Burrow asked, is this the most complete Bengals team in the past decade? So I think those are similar questions. This is a time of year where you have the most optimism around rosters. All those new free agents are here. All those draft picks are here. All that projection is happening. And and this team that went to the AFC Championship game last year had relatively little turnover. Three starters, right, are are the big changes. I guess one's maybe moving at right tackle, maybe four. Hmm. So when you look at the ins and outs, James, what do you think? Let's start there. Yeah, so let, let's start out where they're better, right? I, they're better on the offensive line. We just discussed that uh, at, at length. But left tackle's better. I actually think right tackle could be better. Lael, on paper, was really good, but he was just playing injured last year, and that's tough. That's a lot to ask uh, of a guy that was dealing with ankle, was dealing with a back issue, a bunch of different things. But I look at this roster, what else stands out? Outside of being better, I, I think both tackle spots. To me... They're better in a few areas, one of which I think, and this is a take, Jake, So, and not something we've talked about a lot because we were talking about Dalton Kincaid and all these other tight ends that could potentially be in the mix for the Bengals in the draft. I think Irv Smith Jr. is a better fit than Hayden Hurst. Not that Hayden Hurst wasn't a good fit, not that he didn't work, but I think he's better because he's more athletic and I think he's going to be able to, to run a, a go route if you need him to occasionally and beat – uh, opposing uh, opponents downfield if you need him to. I think he has that athleticism and route running ability, which is something that Hayden Hurst didn't have. He was just just kind of a guy. Not that he wasn't athletic, but I just I think it's a, going to be a little different with Irv Smith. We haven't really been able to see it because he's been injured in recent years and he played with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I think it's it's going to be different when we see that for the first time. So that could be another dimension of their offense that they didn't have. So could they be a little more explosive at that tight end spot? I think so. The other part of this, and that was one area coming out of the AFC Championship game. The other one was that that fourth receiver spot, and I think they're better there. Adding Charlie Jones, I might be as high on him as his agent is because I, I just I think he's a really good fit for this offense in that fourth spot. Can back up Tyler Boyd, help you on special teams as well. And speaking of special teams, pressures on the punter. How big of an issue was punter last season? I was sick and tired of talking about holding, about punt competition, about hang time. And I know it's a competition now, but to be quite frank, it better not be. Brad Robbins, you better get it done. You need to blow Drew Christman out of the water. So so that's another spot. And, and then let's get to the defense. Where else are they better? I, I think they're deeper. Certainly you add a, a, another pass rusher like a Miles Murphy. I think you feel a little bit better about that area uh, of their game. Um 
secondary takes a step back. That's that's one area where they're worse. No Jesse Bates, no Von Bell. I don't care how many Jordan Battles you have, or Dax Hills, or Nick Scott's you sign. It's going to take a bit of a step back. Yeah, I also have Chidobe Awuzie coming back from an ACL. So there are some question marks, but they have some depth at those areas where there could be potentially a step back at corner or at safety. You at least have other guys that could slide in if you need to. Yeah, I think I agree with most of that. The biggest way they're better is across the board. They're so much deeper, at least on paper, when they have 90 people on the roster or 87 people on the roster right now in early May. I think they're deeper. Last year, I remember looking at it and and they only had, what was it, like 11 offensive linemen on the roster or something. And they, they brought in a few more college free agents of those. Uh, Devin Cochran, Nate Gilliam, and Ben Brown coming off his injury last year are still on the roster. They spent last year on the practice squad for the most part. Jackson Kirkland reportedly the college free agent ed- edition this year. So you got 16 guys as I count it going into camp on, on the offensive line. So, and a lot of those guys aren't first year players. A lot of those guys spent the year with the team last year. So I think they're a lot deeper there, especially in terms of competition to try to find those guys that are going to be the best steps. Do we get that Ben Brown, Trey Hill competition to back up Ted Karras at center this year? You know, yeah. talking about real, real deep cuts that we haven't really talked about so much. Ben Brown, people were very excited about that college free agent signing last year, and then he unfortunately was injured. So how's his recovery been? Is he going to get a chance to compete? Uh, I, I think is going to be interesting. And, you know, you just look across the roster. You talked about this a lot where they're worse at the starting positions of safety, at least on paper, because they lose two of the best at what they do in their respective roles in Jesse Bates and Von Bell and replace them with guys that have experience or were drafted very early for a reason. They're, they're deeper in some ways where they didn't have Tyson Anderson last year. They add Jordan battle as well. They're deeper in the secondary overall where we're talking about tough cuts at the cornerback position knowing that there are six guys that are very likely to make it. And then they really liked Alan George last year. Mm-hmm. They drafted DJ Ivy in the seventh round. I mean, there's, there's going to be some competition at the back end of that corner room where there are going to be some difficult cuts. And the same can be said for wide receiver where they've elevated wide receiver four, like you said, mm-hmm. but then like five and six, the, the guys competing for those jobs are now guys that were in the, for role last year or the rotational roles last year, Stanley Morgan Jr. And, you know, Trent Nerwin, who I think is probably still on the team, but just more competition across the board, more depth across the board. And the only starter changes are at safety, tight end. And that's, that's it, right? What am I forgetting? And right tackle mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. So yeah, there, there are a lot of ways they're better. Yeah, I agree. And, and, there's still some questions, right? Are, are they better at running back? Well, I, I don't know if that room's all, all the way together yet. I, I, I still think there's some questions. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Joe Mixon won't be on the team. But do they add someone? Do they they bring in a guy who gets cut that, that can come in and compete there? I, I think overall, though, you look at this roster, and it's as deep as it's been in a long time. Because now you have two drafts of outside of, what, Cordell Volson last year? 
And Cam Taylor Britt eventually became a starter after Chidobe Awuzie went down. But you weren't drafting starters. And then you could go through another draft and you look at it and you're like, well, Miles Murphy isn't going to start and Charlie Jones isn't going to start and DJ Turner is not going. And that's just all depth. And, and a lot of those guys will contribute right away. Mm-hmm. But it's just, that's a heck of a way to build a football team because you can get them experience early, but you're not relying on them to be plug and play instant impact rookies because that's a lot to ask for, for most rookies. And that's why, for example, I'm bullish on Dax Hill. I think he was... Young coming out, you know, the exact age you want, 21 years old. He got a year under his belt where he was moved all around. Now this year I expected him to make an impact. And I, I think that that's, that's fair to, to, to assume with some of these guys that are going into year two. Let's finish up the mailbag, James, with a couple more questions. We've got some, some intrigue in DJ Reader. Some, some questions about the AFC North in terms of ranking divisions and some fun ones that I'm going to sneak in at the beginning of our last segment here. We'll do that coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Some fun ones. You've got fun ones you want to you sneak in. Well, let's, let's start with the fun ones since you want to do that, I guess. The Scooge or the Scuzz, Jay Scuzzins with a late yeah. submission. Favorite summer beach destinations. Oh, just just sneaking in. It's all, it's almost you... summer vacation time, right? It's May. The seasons are changing. It's a reminder. I need to plan a vacation. Um, two. I'll give you two. Siesta Key. If you're staying in the states, is amazing. Love it. Can't wait to go back. Was there when Andy Dalton and AJ Green were young pups and things were promising. So it's been a little while since I've been to Siesta Key, but it was very. Uh, a lot of fun and best weather sand that you could ask for. The other one, Aruba. Mm. Actually, don't go to Aruba. Save it for me. Aruba sucks. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> uh, I'll just name a Canadian beach. Because <laughs> who, who's going to be On Who's going to be brand. familiar with Canadian beaches? That's listening yeah. to this show. There's Myrtle Beach island. is the best. Not 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 Aruba. Myrtle Beach. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. There's. <laughs> There's a little uh, island near me. I also live on an island called Texada Island. And there's a beach there called Shingle Beach, which is not like a beautiful white sand beach like you get in some parts of the world where the sand doesn't get scorching hot or anything. But it's a rock beach, but it's a beautiful beach. Absolutely beautiful, near a great campground, accessible by boat. It's a small remote island. So Shingle Beach. Texada Island, getting a shout out on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Maybe I'll uh, when I come visit, we'll check it out. You'll have to camp though. It's it's like a camping kind of beach. That's fine. I can camp. All right. Hey, guess Perfect. what? The, the beauty about built bars, they're they're easy to camp with, baby. Come on, they man. are. They are. Easy I've, to I've camp with. taken built bars camping for sure in my life. That's the thing I've done. Uh, Bengalman Brothers also, and maybe you know this answer, but I don't think you do. I think this has been kept a secret. Nick Scott bragging about winning his first ping pong game on Twitter. 
Do, do you know the details by chance? I don't. No, I don't. Um, wasn't there that day. It, it, it's interesting that he would say that. I don't think it was Trent Taylor because he's the best in the room. It's interesting because Mitch Wilcox isn't on the roster right now, and he's really, really good at Palm. So is, is Burrow like second in that room now? Boyd would be mad if I said that, but Burrow might be. And so, yeah, it's uh, Jesse Bates was really good too, and now he's not there. So maybe Nick Scott is going to slide into that top top pyramid of guys. Who, who knows, though? Because if he beat – well, I don't want to name names, but there are certain guys that aren't as good as others. <laughs> and so if he beat one of those guys, well, you, you can't brag that much, Nick. But he might not have. Maybe he beat Burrow or, or he beat – one of these higher end players in the locker room. And well, that would be quite, quite fun. Let's get back to a couple of football questions. We'll find out more. I'm sure an early question to Nick Scott. Oh, and his Monday. next media availability is yep. going to be, and, and we'll see if he keeps the clamps on it or not. Uh, Tony Glenn at Admiral Taskbar would like to know if after the draft, you feel like the AFC North is the most competitive division in football in 2023. Whew. Without giving it super, super deep thought, I do. And I don't know if it was an, an after-the-draft thing, but let's say you assume that the Steelers or the Browns were the worst team. And I, I would say the Steelers have the worst quarterback, but they arguably had the best draft in the AFC North. And so I think that complements it well. I think they did a really good job. You get three guys in the top 49 that are, are going to bolster two things they needed, defense and then offensive line play. So that part is, is pretty good. They got your guy Darnell Washington as well, which I know people hate that part. So point is, is I think the Steelers could be pretty good this year. It obviously comes down to Kenny Pickett. The Browns, it's going to come down to Kenny or, or to Kenny Pickett, to Deshaun Watson. It's a pretty good roster. They added a, a bunch of guys in the middle of that defense that I think are, are going to help them be a little more formidable defensively this year. And so if those are the two worst teams, we know what Baltimore brings. Okay, we we know it. Lamar's there. They, they add another weapon for him. They bring in Odell. They're going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. And the Bengals are still the favorites in the division. They're the best team in the division. Yeah, I think that this is a really high-end division. Is it the most competitive? It will be the most competitive division in football if Deshaun Watson is 2020 Deshaun Watson or 2019 Deshaun Watson. Because if that's the case, you have Mike Tomlin, who never – has a losing season, you know, very rarely. And, and then you have guys like Deshaun Watson going up against Lamar Jackson, going up against Joe Burrow. So if Watson's Watson, I think, yeah, I think it is the most competitive division in football. I'm just looking for alternatives. The AFC West isn't it anymore. Last nope. year, everyone was talking up the AFC West and the Broncos created The Broncos could bounce back with sure. Sean Payton. Or maybe not. Maybe there's a few years there. The Raiders are an entirely different football team. I don't see how you can trust their coaching staff. And even though they've got Jimmy Garoppolo, it doesn't feel like they've really gotten better. It feels like there's two teams there. The AFC East, Buffalo, Miami, and then what? New England's still going to be solid. And the Jets, that would be the one. Actually, yeah, me. Aaron Rodgers. I, I, yeah, I forgot Aaron Th That Rodgers. would be the yeah, one. The Jets. I, yeah. NFC East, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, big gap. Probably I think there's not. a big gap with the Giants. Yeah, probably honestly. gap to the Giants and then bigger gap to the 
football team or to the commanders, not the football team anymore. Hard yeah, to come up with an alternative. The East. The East is really good. I, I don't mm-hmm. think they're the North, but is there a path for Aaron Rodgers to be MVP Aaron Rodgers? Obviously, the Bills are the Bills. Well, that alone makes him tough. And what if Tua stays healthy? You're you going to bet against that offense with all the speed that the Dolphins have? So there's three teams, and we know what New England brings. They're always going to be a challenge. So you could make the, the case for that one. Those are the two most likely because the, the AFC North has the flaws too. I mean, Deshaun Watson might just be eh. And Big Kenny questions. Pickett, yeah. And, and Kenny Pickett might struggle. So are the Steelers going to be relevant though? They might win some regular season games. Let's just leave they could it win at 10 that. games. They could. Yeah. Who cares? I'm not. Well, sure. <laughs> as long as the Bengals win 11, who cares? I'm not worried about the Steelers in the playoffs right now. And and maybe someone will clip this and make me eat my words later. Yeah, man. But, uh, Look at you. Kenny Pickett, man. You want me to buy that? Man. They do. The Steelers do. Sure they do. He can't, Can he be Andy Dalton? He might be able to be Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's really good in 2015. So you got that was, going for you. Yeah, but he was better as a rookie than Pickett was. So Should we do one more? Let's see. Honestly, I mean, we can. I was going to tell should you to go enjoy leave the weekend there? and go to happy hour, you know? It is the weekend. I was gonna do. We can leave it the there. Weekend. Let's leave it there. Twitter was being weird this morning. So if you didn't see the prompt for mailbag questions. We'll do another one soon. We'll do another one for sure. We're in the – we're getting to the part of the off season where news will be few and far between in a couple months here. So – more mailbags will be coming for sure as we gear up for camp battles and take a look at this roster and try to identify some of those camp battles and some of the more interesting roster spots on this team after the draft, after free agency, after all this turnover. Resetting the roster a little bit coming up soon. And enjoy your weekend. No no draft for, for all the all the people that need to maybe spend a little bit of time with their family or something, huh? Yeah, yeah. All the people. Hi, I'm people. Yeah. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. It's been a fun couple of weeks getting through the draft. Until next time, Huda, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.